With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nerds and geeks, hold on to your seats because it's about to go down. Welcome to Nerdorama, the voice of the Nerd Nation. I'm Mo Kelly, he's Tawala Sharp, and together we bring you your daily dose of nerd news, analysis, and conversations with the best and brightest of the Nerdverse. On today's all-new Nerdtastically newsworthy edition of Nerdorama, we will actually not be giving you a spoiler-free review of Captain Marvel, but we will be discussing the Captain Marvel boycott We'll also be talking about the end of Arrow, the return of Cobra Kai, and Alex Trebek's heartbreaking announcement. Plus, we go behind the scenes with IDW Publishing. But now, the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. Tuala, I thought you guys were going to give us a Captain Marvel review right after you saw it at your big, fancy, smancy, advanced screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Got it. Overstand this. We were going to give you a spoiler-free review of Captain Marvel. Well, I wasn't because I didn't go. But Mo Kelly went along with John Considine and Anthony from Two Cubicles Down. But guess what? I asked them if they could do me the solid of saving their review until after I have seen it. And my nerdtastic cohorts agreed to do me this favor. And so, on Friday, after I have had a chance to see it, and Liz from the freeway has had a chance to see it several more times as she has stated on her social media page because it's that mind-blowing, we will then get into our review. So, no, our not talking about it today has nothing to do with the bullshit-ass boycott that's out there against Captain Marvel right now. I don't even really want to bring light to this boycott because to me, it is the most chauvinistic, bitch-ass boycott I've ever come across. Now, if you don't know, there is a boycott against Captain Marvel because Brie Larson had the dirty nerve while on her press tour for Captain Marvel to promote feminism and inclusivity along press row, giving a hearty weekend nod to the fact that a majority of the people that are on press row happen to be white men. So Brie Larson, known for being outspoken and speaking up for all types of rights, said that it would be nice, and I'm paraphrasing here, to see more women and people of color alongside press row. Now, for some reason or another, men whose masculinity requires them to sit while pissing got all up in a huff and actually started a boycott. And there's one real piece of shit actor who is like all out there trying to lead the way. He's not even getting his name mentioned on this show, but damn, he's he's actually out there posting memes 
encouraging people to go and see Alita with the line, when you have a choice, pick a movie where the studio doesn't hate half its audience. Come the fuck on, man. Do you really think that Brie Larson's asking for inclusivity in press conferences is an attack against masculinity? Man, if you do, you're weak as all get out. Damn, grow a pair, man. And oh, speaking of Captain Marvel, yesterday I was telling you about Adidas' partnership with Marvel to release the Captain Marvel limited edition uh, sneakers. Well, now eBay is partnering with Simone and Staggs to create a female superhero store. Okay, dig this. According to reports, eBay is launching a female superhero-centric online store called Superheroine HQ in partner with writer Gail Simone and artist Kat Staggs. Now, this online store is said to offer thousands of comic books, collectibles, and merchandise, including a rare issue of Wonder Woman, a copy of Miss Marvel number 1 signed by Stan Lee, and so, so, so much more, recognizing the fact that that there are more and more geek girls and nerdettes coming into the light every day. Hopefully, we will see an end to stories like this. It's being reported that Warner Brothers CEO Kevin Shamashura promoted an actor during a sexual relationship that he was having with her. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Kevin whose last name I can't pronounce and refuse to pronounce because right now I'm looking at you like you're a dirtbag, was reportedly involved in a sexual relationship with British actress Charlotte Kirk in exchange for meetings and auditions with studio executives for roles in various Warner Brothers movies and television series. The Hollywood Reporter is said to have obtained hundreds of leaked text messages between Kirk, Kevin, director Brad Ratner, and Australian billionaire James Packer with, like, a chain of events that began all the way back in 2013. In one of the text messages, man, Kirk is shown having texted Kevin saying, you're very busy, I know, but when we were in the hotel having sex, you said you would help me, and when you just ignore me like you're doing now, it makes me feel used. Are you going to help me like you said you would? To which... Kevin responded, sorry you feel that way. Richard will be reaching out to you tonight. Richard having been revealed as being Richard Brenner, who at the time was the president of production at Warner New Line Studios. Damn, man. Just, I mean, just damn. And see, with this coming out, if Warner Brothers lets Kevin go, what, he's just going to pop up at another studio like John Lasseter did? Man, dude, seriously? Maybe it's because I have a daughter. Maybe it's because I love my mom. Maybe it's because I came from a woman that I have such respect for women. Or maybe it's just that I don't like assholes who abuse their power. But I hope Kevin is fired from Warner Brothers and never gets a job anywhere in the entertainment industry, much less running a damn company, if he is actually guilty of what he is alleged to having been said done, which I have no doubts. It's Hollywood. And now Arrow's coming to an end. Of course, having nothing to do with the aforementioned story, but I reported on this a while ago, and now it has been revealed by Stephen Armel 
that Arrow is actually going to come to an end after season eight. Emil made the announcement saying, playing Oliver Queen has been the greatest professional experience of my life, but you can't be a vigilante forever. Arrow will return for the final run of 10 episodes this fall. There's so much to say. For now, I just want to say thank you. So it seems that my reports earlier were true. Arrow is coming to an end. I have not watched Anything past Elseworlds, I have Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Black Lightning all in queue on my DVR, and I'm waiting for it all to come to an end so I can just binge because I hate having to wait and you know to the next week to catch up. And now I want to watch it even more because when Crisis on Infinite Earths hit, that there will be the end of Arrow, a character you may be familiar with by way of Arrow, but probably more likely by way of Suicide Squad. When it comes to the character Deadshot, as we reported on an earlier episode of Nerdorama, will no longer be played by Will Smith. And everyone was like, oh, man, damn, he was really, really good. But chin up there, my young nerdlings. It appears Idris Elba is in talks to replace Will Smith and taking on the role of the deadliest shot in the DC universe. To which I say, hell yeah, man, make it happen. Make it happen. Oh, man. And something I absolutely cannot wait to happen. Cobra Kai Season 2 is coming. They have just teased on their Twitter page that tomorrow we may be treated to the first trailer from Season 2. And I just got goosebumps. Seriously. Cobra Kai is one of the dopest reinventions of a classic 80s property I have ever seen. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favor, subscribe to YouTube TV, pay the premium price, watch the series, and if you have to after that, cancel. That's what most everyone in America did. But you will not regret it. And talking about 80s film properties being brought to TV, there's a whole lot of concepts and ideas coming back that I'm not feeling. Not filling Magnum P.I., not filling Murphy Brown, whatever. It's just been announced that the CW is developing a series on the Lost Boys. Now, if for some reason or another you've never heard of the Lost Boys, wake up and smell the vampire blood because your neck is bleeding. Okay, I have no idea what that means, but... It's, it was a movie set in Santa Clarita where a mother and her two young boys moved into town and her two young boys discovered that the town was infested by vampires. And it was one of the greatest 80s vampire flicks right next to Fright Night. And I always said the Lost Boys deserves a television series. Now, I don't know how this is going to play out if this is a series set in the 2000 and nows, because let's see in the eighties, a lot of the stuff they were doing made perfect sense. Just like you can't really do a remake of the Goonies. It wouldn't make sense. The kids wouldn't have to be going around with a treasure map. All they have to do is pull out their iPhone to find the stuff. You know what I mean? So I don't know when it's going to be set, but man, bring it back ASAP, have the frog brothers in it. And I'm good. And man, speaking of not so good, Alex Trebek, I am truly heartbroken by the announcement he made today. Trebek, host of Jeopardy, which is now in its 35th season on NBC, just announced via Twitter that he has stage four pancreatic cancer. 
And um, I'm telling you, man, when when I watched his video, I um I I I I damn near started bawling. One of my very, very good friends, one of one, you know, one of my soul brothers, DJ Hideo, who worked with me at 92.3 and then 100.3 the beat in Los Angeles. He passed away from pancreatic cancer. And watching him go through it was was heart wrenching, you know, and and it made me that much more sensitive to individuals that are diagnosed with cancer, period. You know, he was one of the first people that I knew knew. And when I saw Alex Trebek um, making the announcement on Twitter, I just man, I almost shed a tear, man. Um, You never know how important your health is until you don't have it. Um, So, fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Up against the wall with handcuffs on. Fuck cancer. All right? Um, I will not be here tomorrow. Mo and the crew will hold it down. I actually have another surgical procedure, uh, an ablation of the heart or a heart ablation. I don't know how you would phrase that, but they got to go in and clip one of the wires going to my heart because it's all off. And it's causing me to have crazy heart palpitations and feel like I'm about to have a damn stroke every five, ten minutes. So uh, say a prayer for your brethren. I will catch up with y'all on Friday. Right about now, though, let's catch up with my man Mo Kelly going behind the scenes with IDW Publishing. Let's talk a little publishing, licensing, and there's probably no bigger name in this business when you put those things together than IDW. Stephen Scott, who's the PR manager for IDW Publishing. How are you, man? I'm good, Mo. How are you doing? Well, when I say IDW, we're talking about G.I. Joe, Transformers, My Little Pony, X-Files, Star Trek... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, how do you try to get your mind around all these different brands and titles and at the same time have a unifying type method or message in terms of getting all these products out? I think what really helps, what makes a difference is, you know, all of us who work at AEW, we're all fans of this stuff too. You know, we grew up with this stuff. We you know, we want to tell these stories in these universes that we, you know, we hold near and dear to our hearts. You know, we either grew up watching uh, Back to the Future is another one. You know, we publish comics of those. And we get to work directly with the people who made this stuff. So, you know, Bob Gale, who co-created Back to the Future, we work with him and make sure his vision is being represented the way he wants it to. We talk to, you know, all the different studios that we work with and just kind of make sure our vision is in line with theirs so we can tell new stories in in those universes. That is a great point. I want to go right there. How do you go about, in a creative and also a corporate sense, trying trying to align what the publishing world is going to do in its universe and have that not conflict with the cinematic world? Does that make any sense? It does make sense, yeah. I think what we're trying to do is, you know, tell new stories in those universes without, you know negating anything that's come before you know comic book fans a big thing with them is canon they want to know yes yes yeah that these (laughs) stories matter you know that they are part of the same universe that you know so that these aren't stories they're just throw away you know it actually has an impact so yeah we work very closely with these studios to tell stories like star trek is a good, good example you know pick up right where the last movie left off 
um, maybe have like a series that ties into the next show that's coming up. You know, that way it just it feels cohesive, and you know it just feels like uh, you know more more of the same stuff that you you want to see on screen, but in in a totally new storytelling format. Beyond cohesion, I know that revenue is also important, and I wonder does do the cinematic properties help propel the comic books or do the comic books more help the cinematic properties? I think it can go both ways. I think that you can see a lot of crossover there. We're always very you know, aware, very cognizant of what's coming up. So we're always trying to figure out how can we best tie into this property where there's going to be new fans coming at this movie from a, you know, the, the animated series. You know, that's what they grew up with and they want to see more of that represented in the comics. How can we make our property feel like you know, it it exists in the same universe and it's just giving you more of that. And so, yeah, we work very closely with those studios to make sure that we're able to yeah, tell those stories and, and give people uh, just a new experience, you know? Let's talk about My Little Pony. We know about bronies. We know about guys who yes. you would not necessarily assume would be into My Little Pony. There is a whole fan base that yes. seems to be untapped. How do you go about growing that fan base in the sense of, a property which seemingly is only pointed towards a certain demographic or a certain age group? Sure. That's a very good question, and one we're, we're always asking ourselves. <laughs> you know, how do we reach um, all those fans and, and make sure they're, yeah, they feel like they're being represented, you know, they're being catered to. And, you know, we work, again, like that's a Hasbro property, and so I don't want to speak for them, but I know we work very closely with Hasbro to make sure that, yeah, we're, we're creating content that... Uh, that the fans are, are, are demanding, you know, we kind of just, we pay attention. We, we're trying to always keep our, our finger on the pulse, you know, get a real sense of the community and how maybe we can better serve them. All right. I think there's something I can, I can dovetail with that. Mm -hmm. Classically, we think of you have the comic books and then they've been turned into movie properties or TV shows. But X-Files, most people, I think, would think of that as a TV show. Yeah. And now you're also trying to push them towards the comic books as well. Yeah. How does that work as far as beyond moments just like this in which we're talking about it? Mm -hmm. How do you let people know that, hey, there's not only this television property, but there's also these printed properties over here? Um, you know, getting out at these conventions, getting the, the comics in front of people, you know, clearly they are our audience this is who the the demographic we're catering to so when you make that connection there's nothing better than introducing a fan to the fact that comics exist you know and and being able to just like put it in his hand and it's just like you know that's in that instant connection you know there's nothing better steven scott tell us how we can find you find your work how people can find out more about these wonderful properties um you can find us at idwpublishing.com Head to the website. You can follow us on Twitter at, at IDW Publishing. Um, search IDW Publishing on Facebook. And, yeah. Stephen Scott, PR Manager for IDW. Thank you for coming to sit with us this evening. My pleasure. Thank you, Mo. Hey guys, Mo Kelly here. The new daily Nerdorama podcast is featured on iHeartRadio. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast feed to get your daily dose of nerd news. Also available on iTunes, Spreaker, and all the top podcasting apps. It's free and perfect for everyone in your nerd family.
Nerdorama with Mo and Tuala is produced by Tuala Sharp and was born out of The Mo Kelly Show, which airs weekends on KFI AM 640 in Los Angeles and iHeartRadio. Find Tuala at Tuala on Twitter. That's T-A-W-A-L-A and Mo Kelly at M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y on Twitter. Until next time, keep it comic. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.